Right now, it's Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. We're excited to be able to share an amazing, amazing transformation story, Freedom Friday story. Dr. Krista Murphy is with us. Dr. Krista is, is from the Holland area. You have had eight kids and your your husband is Rob, and but I know you're not from here. That's right. Yes. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. And you're right. Originally, I grew up on the East Coast and uh, spent many years in upstate New York and my high school years in Maryland, actually, and really located here when I came to Hope College. Okay. All right. That's what brought you to West Michigan. So you know what snow is about being from upstate New York. Yes. I know what snow is about and I know what mountains are about. So I grew up skiing uh, in upstate New York and uh, have missed a little bit of of that. But um, we try to get out here yet in the winter as well. Yeah. We have these little hills up north called Boyne Highlands. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, to tell us about growing up. I know that you grew up in a in a Christian family. Tell us about your growing up years. Yeah, well, I've I've always thought of myself as very blessed. Um, I grew up in a loving home. I had two parents, uh, which in and of itself is a great blessing. Uh, both my parents are pastors, uh, retired hmm. now uh, in the Reformed Church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember moving to Maryland uh, in 10th grade to start a church plant. Uh, My mom was one of the pastors there, a co-pastor starting a church plant. And and that was all a very good experience for me. It really gave me some of the vision for for the work of uh, reaching out to the community. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, you know, we we lived simply. we were careful with uh, what we bought and things like that, but we I never lived in want. I, mm. I didn't have any major trials, I would say, growing up. Um, so I, I always think of myself in that way, you know, through those years as very thankful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had that safe childhood growing up, mm-hmm. but, you know, later in life you would face some betrayal and you would face the loss of a child. We're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. And and yet the Lord has been with you through all of it. So, you know, as you grew up in a Christian family, uh, you know, for me, I did as well. Shauna did as well. And there's, there's sort of a making the faith our own mm-hmm. process or moment or moments. Was that the situation for you? Yes. I, you know, I, looking back, I, I try to think, okay, you know, how did I process my faith through those growing up years? And and I remember really coming to a bit of a crisis in, a, in an interesting sense in the way of, you know, I see people with stories of, of you know, trials and, and suffering and, and, and then they turn to the Lord and or they were, you know, were rebelling in some way and sure. then they turn to the Lord and they see how the Lord has saved them. And I thought, well, I don't have that. How can I, how can I testify to what the Lord has done? And, and, and I, the Lord really gave me this sense of peace that, you know what, Krista, you haven't gone through that, but I have been with you always. Mm-hmm. And, and your life has been a reflection of faithfulness to me just because um, of the everyday experience of walking with me. And so there was a time in high school when I made a confession of faith and mm-hmm. processed that. Um, 
for myself. But that was really, that to me was very freeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that. I mean, just having grown up in a Christian home, I, I felt like I almost felt a little bit embarrassed of my own mm-hmm. testimony that there, that I don't have a memory of not knowing that God loved me. Mm-hmm. I grew up always knowing that God loved me and deciding to follow after him was more a, a matter of, you know what? I love you too. And there's so much love for you that like, even if my whole family, you know, turned away from you, I'm not gonna, I'm going to stay with you forever. Mm -hmm. But it's a beautiful thing to have that background, that backdrop for coming into faith. But each of us has to make a decision of our own to follow after Jesus. I don't know what your story is. You know, my story is is different from Krista's and, and Shauna's. Uh, but I did grow up in a Christian family. Maybe you didn't grow up in a Christian family, but really the common theme in all of our stories is Jesus and what he has done for us on the cross. He lived the perfect life that we could never live, died in our place, rose again to bring us into the Father's embrace. Krista was sharing with us a few minutes ago about how she grew up in a Christian home and the point at which she chose to give her life to Jesus and be sold out. And then Krista, at 34, you got to fulfill a lifelong dream. Tell us what this dream was and what you got to do. Yes, absolutely. So I remember when I was as young as five or six, going to a friend of the family's home, and she was a physician, which was more... Uh, less common in those days. And she had a clinic out of her home and she had a larger family, uh, four or five children. And I remember just that little seed was planted in my heart of, oh, I would love to do that because I always wanted to have children. I love children. And yet I, I love medicine and want to be able to help people in that way. So that seed was planted. But when we were, my my heart has always been very mission-minded. And even in even before I went to med school, my husband and I spent a year overseas in Zambia, and I worked with a local hospital there and started to build some relationships during that time, and then knew that the Lord had me in medicine and came back and went to training and uh, did that route. And when, when I was in my last year of residency, I was given the opportunity to do a rural rotation. And I thought, oh, if I could, only I could do it over in Zambia. Mm. And and they allowed me to. Well, the Lord just wrecked my heart during that time. And it was the height of the HIV AIDS mm. crisis. And I was working at a rural hospital in Zambia. And I remember in particular, there was one woman who uh, I was doing rounds on who was actively dying of HIV. And my heart went out to her, but even more than that, there was a a little boy sitting by her bed and I looked at him. He was about five years old and his eyes were just sunken Mm -hmm. and his skin was just nothing but covering over the bones. And I, I was scared for him. And it was the next day that I saw him in the peds ward and he also was dying of HIV. Mm-hmm. And his, his name was John. And that experience with that, those people, along with the multitude of others that we saw, just wrecked my heart. And, and I went home and I, and I said, Lord, 
how how can this be? How can we have this suffering here? And and is it true, you know, out of Isaiah that if we cry out to you that you will really answer? And and that started the journey for us to be able to for me to say, you know, I don't know that I can do anything to help this problem, but will you just allow me to go and just be with these people? Mm-hmm. So that started our journey of moving overseas full time uh, when I was 34 years old. And what did your family look like at that time? So by this time, we had five children. We just had our youngest. She was actually only six months old when we moved overseas. Mm -hmm. And my oldest was nine years old. So you were, for the first four years in Zambia, really living the dream Tell us about those those four dream years. Yeah, it was it was really a very beautiful time. As with anything, there's always challenges, and a lot of it is the challenges of okay, am I going to have running water today or not, <laughs> and and uh, are we going to be able to um, have enough uh, milk for the children and things like that. But we our purpose going over really was to build relationships, and my husband is very good at doing that, and and we partnered with the local church and with local pastors. And uh, we were really just working to come alongside them, find out what needs that they had. My gifting, of course, is in medicine. And so I worked with uh, three local orphanages in the area to provide their primary care, essentially, uh, doing rounds regularly on those who were sick and helping to, to care for preventative measures. And also I spent some time in a local uh, hospital setting doing uh, pediatric HIV work. And you were also providing medical care out of your home during this season, right? Yeah, so that was the vision. And that was one of the larger visions that we went over there with was was to be able to establish a pediatric clinic and growing it into a hospital to provide excellent care for these children, hoping to prevent some of the the tragedies that come in a community like that. And the Lord allowed us to do that. We, um, it was about year four when we were establishing. I we had a home, uh, we had a clinic out of our home, and uh, we had uh, top notch uh, laboratory services, ultrasound um, partnerships with the local communities. Dr. Krista Murphy is with me. You and Shauna. When she was 34, she and her husband, Rob, moved to Zambia in Africa with her family of five and just serving orphans there and, you know, reaching children right out of her home, providing medical care for for kids out of her home and just living the dream for like four years. And it was just amazing. And then four years into this, you get blindsided by the betrayal of a close friend, man, you know, I've never really had this happen to me big time, but I've, I did experience a betrayal in a relationship, but I think this went much deeper. Tell us about this. You're, you're living the dream. You're caring for people. You're following Jesus. You're, you know, you're, you're all in with Jesus and you're doing, you're being his hands and feet and you're blindsided. Absolutely. I was, I, I remember thinking actually to myself, wow, Things are going so great. It, it takes some years to get established in a new home and especially on a different continent and thinking, ah, oh, 
I feel like this is my home now, loving the people. And, and in that kind of a setting, you have just a few close friends. And, and I felt like we had a good relationship. And all of a sudden, I was made aware of a betrayal. And it just sent me into a pit of darkness. And I just remember just crying out for days, even on the floor, and just feeling this humongous weight on my back. And just the pain was too great for me to bear. Yeah. And I thought, how how can I go on like this? And I remember there was one moment that I was just really just had the Bible open on my lap, just trying to find some kind of truth there. And I was sitting in my bed and an image came to me and it was the image of a lightened cross on my wall right next to me. And it was in that moment that I remembered what the Lord Jesus had done. And I said, Lord, I cannot carry this burden anymore. Will you please take it from me? And he brought to me in that moment a deeper understanding of my own pride Mm. and of my own selfishness that had affected this relationship as well. Mm -hmm. And it was from that moment on that... I realized the power of the cross because he took that burden from me. It wasn't that I didn't feel the pain anymore at all or that we didn't have struggles to work through, but that burden of, of the, the brokenness was gone. And as you know, I had really felt like I had walked with the Lord all my life, desired to seek him, desired to serve him. And yet it wasn't until that moment that I personally knew the power of the cross to forgive and to have my burdens lifted. Mm. And I really believe that it was during that time that he was strengthening me for what was coming next. Yeah. Yeah. An even greater struggle, but this particular one, you know, being betrayed and, and it just seems like the biggest lessons that we learn are in weakness, in brokenness, when we we come to the end of ourselves is when we experience Jesus and his power and his cross. It's it's weakness. Jesus uses weakness. God can work with weakness. Mm-hmm. You had said that um, you know that God led you to forgiveness. Was there reconciliation in that relationship? Really, in a miraculous way. Wow! Mm-hmm. Tell us. It's, I don't believe that God always works that way, but I believe that he was working that way in my life and in our lives there on that mission field for his good uh, because I was able to forgive, which for me was critical. And the person that had betrayed me also sought forgiveness mm. and we sought reconciliation together. Wow. And after that time of um, confession together and reconciliation, our relationship was actually stronger than it had been before. Wow. Because I believe that you can, you know, God can lead us to forgiveness and then 
we still need to have firm boundaries in some circumstances. You know what I mean? So forgiveness mm-hmm. doesn't always look like the relationship being reconciled, but right. only God could do that. Yes. Could make mm-hmm. a, you know such a deep pain um, come out of that, uh, even a sweeter relationship. That's just God's hands all over that. Yes, absolutely. And this is such a core human struggle in a fallen world because we're sinned against and we sin against others. And so, you know, we're talking to somebody right now who's just been deeply, deeply wounded and betrayed. And it's just so hard. It's it it seems impossible to forgive. What can you say to that person? I would say that the Lord Jesus has forgiven us. Mm. And that the reality is that we don't have a choice but to forgive. And we may continue um, on in in knowing that um, we may be hurt again. You know, I knew that I may be hurt again if I choose to forgive. Mm. And yet I knew that the Lord had forgiven me, and so I needed to forgive them. And it's really, that is the only way forward for reconciliation. And I know, you know, that that doesn't always mean that there'll be reconciliation in a relationship or that it's even healthy to continue that relationship. Um, But it allows for God to do his work. Jesus, give us the power. First of all, Jesus, we can't forgive on our own. Jesus, give us the power to forgive and then help us to just make the hard choice to forgive and to keep making that choice. So tell us about this this great loss in your life, and God give you grace to do so. Absolutely. So we were living at that time. We had six children. Our oldest had just turned 13, and our youngest was one. And we were had just finished uh, lunchtime, and were, the kids were playing out in the backyard chasing chickens, which they often enjoyed doing together. And Rob and I, my husband and I, were actually just sitting in the living room chatting, and one of our daughters came in and said, Mom, Dad, Christiana fell down, and she's not getting up. Christiana was our 10-year-old daughter, our second born. And so we both rushed out there, and she was not responding. Uh, I watched and listened. She was not breathing, checked a pulse, and there was no pulse. And my heart just sank. Yeah, We began CPR, um, but there are no medical services available, no emergency medical services available where we were living in Zambia, Africa. And we had some tools available in the clinic that we had out of our home, but we worked on her for over an hour. And at that point, I realized that there was nothing that we could do. And I sat at Christiana's feet, and I was just weeping. And the first thought that came to my mind was, in this world, you will have many troubles. Mm. But it doesn't end there. And even from the beginning, he gave me a word of hope. The Lord said, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. Mm. That's the gospel right there. Mm -hmm. The gospel is is so deep. The gospel is is greater than death. You know, Jesus had to go. Jesus had to go through death to get to his place of kingship over the nations. 
And why would it be different for us? Mm-hmm. You know, it may not be as as palpable as that, but the way through to resurrection is is through the path of death. So the day before she died, um, she saw something. Yeah, so we were... We, the kids would often come with us. It would be a whole family affair. We'd go to the local orphanage that we worked with primarily, and I was doing medical rounds, and the kids would often help me and say, hey, Mom, this this child, I think you need to check him or her, or they would kind of take care of the, the young ones and you know feed them or cuddle them, and or they'd play with the toddlers. And Christiana, she just she loved people. She loved children, and she and Acacia, her older sister, were playing at the playground there with some of the kids and just having a great time. Well, there's different seasons in Zambia. So there's the dry season and there's the rainy season. And it would happen to be the dry season. And yet it was so interesting because that day there was an enormous rainbow right over the orphanage. So unusual for that time of year. And Acacia and Christiana came home and Acacia said to me, yep, Christiana said that she wanted to climb that rainbow. Mm. Well, it was the next day that Christiana died. And the Lord gave us again a picture of hope because over our back fence, over the backyard, he again put a rainbow. Mm. Wow. And it was a picture to us of the Lord is with us. He is sending that picture just as he did to Noah, saying there may be death and destruction here, and yet there is hope. Mm-hmm. Christiana got to climb her rainbow. Life out of death. You may be living this right now. You may be thinking, this is, this is crazy because this is where I'm at right now. I've just had this loss. And so the words of the Lord Jesus that, that he spoke to Krista at the, at the feet of her dead daughter. In this world, you will have many troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In the, in the years that followed, it wasn't just the loss of Christiana that you had to adjust to. There were a lot of changes that began to take place in the years that followed. Can you take us into that time? Yeah, so Christiana... Her name, we named her that because it is a a Spanish name, meaning she who follows Christ. Mm. And her middle name is Joy. So her name is she who follows Christ with joy. Mm. And she really lived into that name. And uh, while we were there in Zambia, she was the one who would, with the other children as well, but she would just connect so well with the people. She would write on the dust in the back of our, our cruiser I love Zambia. I love Jesus. <laughs> and uh, wow. and so it's just the kind of daughter that, you know, every parent just loves. And <laughs> to lose our Christiana was, it, there's just no words to be able to explain. Yeah. We were on the mission field and realized that we, it wouldn't be wise for us to stay. So she died suddenly on May 23rd, and it was less than two weeks later, and we left Zambia. Oh, wow. We did not know if we would be back soon, later. We, we just didn't know. We packed up what we could in our suitcases and, um, and went back home. And so I was, 
I was grieving very, very deeply. And it was layers of grief. It was the loss of my daughter, Christiana. It was the loss of my home, which had become Zambia. Mm -hmm. It was the loss of my vision and the, the ministry work that I was doing as a medical missionary there. And I just remember having some very dark moments during those next one to two years. I remember just crying out in the closet. I, I remember my oldest daughter, who was 13 at the time, saying to me later, Mom, yeah, I, I really took care of the kids during those that year. Mm. And um, there was a time when it was deep winter. That year it was a, we, of course, we had just come back from Zambia, so I was used to warmth. Um, but there was a, it was a deep winter that year, and it was probably about half a year later. And I remember just being to a point where I didn't know what else to do, and I left the home. I left the home walking, and I remember walking for blocks and blocks, north side of Holland, and it was just deep snow, deep cold, and just couldn't do anything but just fall onto the ground and cry out in the depths of the snow. Mm. And to me, that was just such a physical picture and image of my heart, mm-hmm. just the depths of cold and frozenness. And my husband followed me and found me and brought me back home. But in those years, I kept remembering that I kept being thankful because the Lord never left me in that pit. Even in those moments of darkness and despair, he never left me there. He always gave me some sliver of hope. What would that look like? For me, it was really God's word because there wasn't necessarily one specific passage or one specific aha verse, but it was that I was reading his word in the depths of my suffering in a new way. Mm-hmm. New truths were being revealed to me. And the re- writings of Elizabeth Elliot were very mm-hmm. powerful for me during that time. Another woman who had really suffered some unimaginable losses. But Romans 8, you know, Romans 8 says, oh, the whole creation is groaning. Mm-hmm. I just resonated with that so deeply. Mm-hmm. And just the depth of of grieving that comes with the sin and with death was just very real to me during that time. And yet it doesn't end there. It says, but we we hope for what we do not have. Our present sufferings are just not worth comparing to Mm. the glory that will be revealed in us. That's so powerful. That is so good. And, you know, I think... The Word of God is so full of truths, both familiar and unfamiliar, that when we're hurting and when we're aching, God reveals yeah, things maybe we've heard a million times. And in some verses, it seems like, man, did you just edit this last night when you come across them? You know, it's like, I don't believe I've ever understood your Word quite this way before. But if you are, if you are grieving today, if you need to be comforted, God is the comforter and his word is full of of his heart for you in that moment. Do you feel like you felt God's heart as you read scripture? Oh, absolutely. And it wasn't just his heart, but it was the hope. 
the hope and the knowledge that this was not the end. Mm-hmm. This is not the end of the story. My suffering and my grieving, the loss of everything around me is not the end of the story. It's just the beginning, mm. it's just the beginning. And every morning I remember I would get up and try to take care of the kids and, and I could hardly even pray sometimes. And yet the thing that I could say is, Lord, your mercies are new every morning. Please give me your mercies today. God comforts us in our troubles so that we can pass on that comfort to others. You know, there's still grief today, but but not as heavy as it was. That was how many years ago, Krista? That was eight years ago now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Really not that long ago, but, you know, what the Lord has done in your life is is just beautiful. And I think that we have to go through these things Maybe, maybe not exactly this, but we have to go through these things. I know I've had to go through different kinds of suffering, depression in my life and, and shame and such to deliver me from myself, relying on myself. So this is something you've learned that, you know, your self-reliance was bigger than what you thought. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, Perry, being, you know, what would be considered in the eyes of the world very successful, you know, academically and in my work, you know, able to become a physician, um, having a family, uh, even in the Christian world, you know, married to a pastor at the time and uh, missionaries and all those levels that sometimes we use to kind of build our build ourselves up. Mm-hmm. The Lord really knocked all that down for me in those years. And I realized the depth of my own pride and the the depth that I was relying on myself and the need that I had to seek approval from others. Yeah. And in those years I consider I consider that time of just having everything stripped away from me, um my work, my ministry, um, my family, losing my daughter, pain in my relationships. Um, to all I, I had nothing left anymore. I, I had nothing. And all I could do was just say, Lord, you, all I have is you. Mm. And the ability then to just open my hands, kind of palms up. I, I hold this position now, sometimes intentionally still, sure. to remind myself that there is, uh, no better place to be than in full surrender to the Lord. And it was during that time when I had nothing else at all that I knew, I knew that the Lord is faithful to me no matter what. Yeah, It does take, you know, I mean, as long as things are going according to the way that we think they should go, we tend to, you know, give ourselves some uh, credit for being responsible for that, right? Mm-hmm, right. And it, mm-hmm. it does take when it feels like things are completely outside of our own control, um, it takes us to that place to to get to the place of, of total surrender and saying, and re- not just surrender of ourselves, right? And our own self-reliance, but also understanding he is enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He really, really mm-hmm. is. I mean, it's one thing to mm-hmm. say it and to believe it, but it's kind of like the, I do believe help my unbelief mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I know you're enough, but I'm still going to keep doing what I can do to to keep things running. But it's a beautiful place to be, to recognize. So freeing. 
Yeah. So freeing to be able to say, Lord, I surrender everything to you, not in my own ability am I able to do this, but I know that if I surrender to you, that you will be found faithful because you are who you say you are. Catch us up today today on on these things and how oh, you're doing, Chris. Yes, he is such a beautiful God and he is a faithful God. And it's been eight years now, Shauna, and uh, as we talked about, I'm, I'm still learning to surrender each day, but it's so much easier. Mm. Mm. And it's easier because I know who the Lord is, and I know He is faithful. And He has truly, I tell you, He has truly brought beauty from ashes. So I've seen the redemption of my relationships. I've seen the hope that I have in each placed my heart, placed in eternity, knowing that my daughter, Christiana, is truly worshiping the Lord Jesus. Mm. He's never left me without that hope. Mm. He's never left me without that hope. And now, praise the Lord, I'm able to see redemption even of the ministry vision in medicine that the Lord has given me. He's allowed me, has just really brought this to me in the last few months here, this vision for Joy Family Health. Tell us more about that, about Joy Family Health, what you're doing. Do tell. Yeah, Joy Family Health, I'm a family medicine physician, and it's a unique, beautiful model of doing medicine in a way that really takes all of the headache and the hassle of insurance out and uses just a very simple, low monthly membership model. And what that does is without the overhead of insurance and having to have extra staff to take care of all of those pieces, I'm able to spend amazingly amount more time with patients and care for them personally and directly. And so patients contact me by my cell phone or by email or text when they have a question or need. I can oftentimes take care of it over the phone or such. If they need to come in, we come in. They have office visits are typically an hour instead of just, a, you know, 10 to 15 minutes as mm-hmm. is traditional. But more than that, the reason the Lord has given me this practice is because it allows me to personally spend time with patients mm-hmm. and minister not just to them physically, but also to their spiritual, emotional needs. It just gives space. It gives time to do that. It sounds like a dream come true. I mean, for you, mm-hmm. because it's what you always wanted. You shared with us earlier this morning mm-hmm. that you were, what, five, six years old when you were in somebody else's home, mm-hmm. uh, a woman who was practicing and had a family. Yes, right. And here you are doing just that. Yeah, you know, and, and I grew up always wanting to be a pediatrician. I love children. I'm a family physician. Now I get to care for people of all ages. But it is, it's that fulfillment of that, just that, that heart that the Lord has given me for people. And, you know, going through practice and residency uh, training, you never, in this day and age, never thought that you'd be able to have your own practice. But the Lord has made that possible again now. And it it truly is, he's at work, he's redeeming, he's doing good things. And I believe that this is going to be an amazing tool to minister to the needs of the community. Because whether you have insurance or don't have insurance, uh, the the it's very affordable. Uh, I can easily reach out to people of all walks and stages in life, and so it just opens my heart up to to those around me. Joyfamilyhealth.com. You can check it out right right in Holland. And you know, Krista, just thank you so much. You've been a wounded healer today because mm-hmm. you've opened up the most painful things in your life. Mm-hmm. You've boasted in your weakness, and Paul says when we do that. Christ's power rests on us. 
And so Christ's power has been resting on you today, mm -hmm. but also flowing through you. And that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yes, but for Jesus, yeah. he alone. Thanks so much for listening. Questions or comments, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.